Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to episode 15 of Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I recently posted a poll to my Instagram story asking which you guys wanted me to talk about, with the options being footwear during fitness or sleep. And when I looked last, I had exactly 15 votes for each option. So you guys are making this very easy for me to decide. But in all honesty and complete transparency, a company reached out to me to work and partner together in regards to, all I'm going to say is sleep. I don't want to give away any details. Um, I'm hoping that everything works out because I think they're awesome and I would love to work with them. So it made my decision a little easier to, for right now, talk about footwear. And I'm hoping maybe next week I can do sleep. Um, uh, We'll see how that goes. But for right now, go grab a pen and paper if you'd like. Maybe run into your closet and play around with your shoes as I blab on and on. Grab your favorite yummy beverage and let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I'm your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Here, we will talk about all things yoga, both on and off the mat. Fitness, entrepreneurship, this crazy thing called life, and maybe a bit about coffee. So throw on your headphones, grab your favorite cup of gel or tea, if that's your fancy, and let's get chatting. All right, guys, I'm actually going to start out with a little note from my sponsor, Free Skincare. If you are a human who likes to get sweaty, Frey is for you. I personally have never been one to have bad acne. I get a little breakout here and there, uh, specifically more so over the past, I guess I would say, three years or so. However, I will say that mask acne is slight for me, but it is definitely there. And Frey has been a godsend in regards to my skin routine during this quarantine. Not only is it effective, but the product smells a uh, freaking amazing and truly helps bring a tiny bit of zen into my life. As an ambassador for the company, you can use my code for an additional 10% off everything, always. That means if there is a sale for, let's say, like 40% off everything, if you use the code Danielle, spelled D-A-N-Y-E-L-L, you're going to save an additional 10% off. I highly recommend you give them a try, and if worst comes to worst, they give you a refund on all the things, so it's kind of a (laughs) win-win. Anywho, back to the topic at hand, what footwear to throw on your footsies with the fitness. Are you ready for my complex answer? (laughs) Drumroll, please. It depends. I feel like that's what I say in every freaking episode, but in all honesty, it really does. I have had not one, but two people reach out asking me about what kicks to rock when getting sweaty. You might have one go-to pair of shoes that does a pretty damn good job across multiple forms of movement. But if we're talking about running 10 miles and Olympic weightlifting, those footsies are going to receive great benefit from two different types of shoes. I think it is beneficial to understand a bit of what I am going to call the shoe anatomy and compare that to each type of movement or fitness. For purposes of this episode, I am going to include the upper 
ankle, heel, toe box, sole, and cushion in regards to the anatomy of your shoe. The upper means everything above the sole, aka the part of the shoe that normally draws you in based on some cool design on the top or something like that. Ankle, or maybe we should call it the collar, it is the part that wraps around the top of the shoe opening that holds the heel down in place. Some shoes use thick padding, while others kind of rely more so on shape, if you will. The heel. In all honesty, there are a lot of different parts of the heel of the shoe, but we are going basic, meaning the heel of your foot is the heel of the shoe. Easy peasy. Toe box, aka the part of the shoe that protects them cute little manicured things, or if you are like me, your ugly ass toenails. The sole. This is another part that can be complex, but we are thinking of the entire bottom part of the shoe, meaning the part that touches the ground. And lastly, the cushion, meaning what kind of padding are we looking for? If you were going to go to a running store or an athletic store, they are going to give you such a more complex, detailed version of the shoe anatomy. So please don't think that I am covering everything. I'm just kind of giving us a quick little snippet so that we are hopefully all on the same page as we dive in here a little bit more. The categories I am going to include for fitness are running, weightlifting. I'll talk a little bit about both power and Olympic, but I'm not going to go into that too in depth. Cross training and believe it or not, yoga. All right, running is on tap first. With running shoes, you want the upper part to be shaped like your foot, and you want it to be smooth wherever it touches. We don't want any binding or chafing anywhere, because the movement of running is so damn repetitive. Pay attention to whether the heel slips, how the padding interacts with the bones on the side of your ankles, and whether the curve on the back imitates your Achilles tendon. You want the heel to toe drop to be something that feels right throughout the stride, from touchdown to toe off, and something that reduces stress on any weak parts of your foot. This is definitely where it is going to be very different for everyone. Think of someone who has a drastically collapsed arch, while another who has a raised arch. They're going to want different kicks. For cushion, you want something that is a mixture of stable cushion that still enables you to feel the ground. For running, you want a toe box that stays out of the way, allowing your foot to flex and spread out naturally in both width and length without binding or rubbing on your toes. Some overall running takeaways. You want it to be squishy? (laughs) That is good. Comfort is good because repetition is key. But depending on your stride, you might want more or less of the heel-to-toe offset. If you are running 10 plus miles a week, I would recommend visiting your local running store so they can evaluate your strike and recommend appropriate attire from there. Meaning, if you are running on your toes, let's support those little piggies. If you have poor dorsiflexion, meaning when your toes peel back towards the sky and your foot is flopping around, 
you might want a shoe that supports your power out force from the posterior chain and get your footsies strong so we have less like flopping around happening. All right, moving on to lifting. If you have one takeaway from this episode, it is this. Do not lift in your running shoes. Go barefoot if you have to, but for the love of God, do not wear running shoes when lifting. Let's repeat that a hundred times over, like I'm guiding you in a lovely meditation until it sticks. The main reason running shoes are a no-go when lifting is because you want to create more force by pushing through the floor. Think in yoga when an instructor says, feel all four corners of your feet. You want to feel all parts of the foot on the ground when it comes to lifting. Whereas with running, you might not be as aware of what the foot is actually doing. However, foot placement can make a world of a difference with running, but I can save that for another episode. When you lift, especially during leg intense exercises, you have to be driving through your heels. It is very hard to create that driving force within the heel with a running shoe. The sole just doesn't support it. Lifting shoes can help you feel sturdier during heavy squats, other compound lifts, and even Olympic lifts. Your main point or main thing to look for with lifting shoes are flat and sturdy. I think it is the best, though, for us to compare some of these leg lifteroos. If we compare the deadlift and the squat, some people might want to have different footwear. And that is okay. Mobility and lack thereof play a huge role here. With a deadlift, you want to become the ground. I know I sound like a weird-ass hippie yoga teacher, but in all honesty, you do not want any sort of elevation or drop within the foot when you are deadlifting. However, with squatting, you might have some real rough ankle mobility, and the heels of the feet can't stay down as the booty goes down. That is when a pair of lifters might be good for you, but they might not. Have you ever seen someone shifting their weight forward like a mofo as they are doing a back squat? Part of this can be from their lifters. Every physical body is different. I repeat, everyone is built differently. But no matter how your body is built, you still have to drive through your heels as you get your ass out of the bottom of the squat. This is why some people prefer things like Nike Metcons when squatting. I really do not think one is right or wrong per se, but I do think it is important to understand your why behind the shoe. I went through a phase where I used lifters all the time with squatting, and now I go barefoot more times than lat, even with squatting. Sometimes my calves might be hella tight which then enables my ankles to just not move around like butter. So guess what? I fucking warm up my lower legs accordingly before I begin lifting some heavy shit. The same goes for Olympic lifting. If you are going to clean, you are literally moving through a deadlift motion and a squat motion. You need to be able to feel the ground, specifically your heels driving into the ground 
like a mofo. Some people use lifters when doing something like a clean. If you can feel your heels driving into the ground while wearing lifters, cool. If you can't, also cool. (laughs) I have actually performed Olympic lifts barefoot, and to be honest, I love it. I sometimes feel like I need a little bit more protection from God knows what, and when that is the case, I throw on one of the many pairs of Nike Metcons that Matthew Talley, for those of you who don't know, that's my boo thing, when performing said movement. When it comes to just lifting, you don't want to spend a shit ton of money. I, I, I get that. Well, I mean, maybe you do. I shouldn't say that. I have no idea how much money you want to spend. However, I understand that you might not want to spend $200 plus on shoes. If that's the case, grab a pair of Converse or Vans and go about your day. Although most people wear them for like street style, Chuck Taylor high tops actually encompass everything a good lifting shoe should have. They have a wide toe box, which gives your feet room to splay and stabilize, and the extra ankle support takes some pressure off of the joint. The flat, minimally cushioned sole creates a balanced environment for the feet, and you can lace them up as tight or as loose as what you would like. However, you might not be a meathead, and maybe you need some cross-training shoe. You might need this for anything from a CrossFit Metcon style wad uh, to a HIT style class and everything in between. If you are combining weighted movements with gymnastics and some traditional cardio work, you are going to want more protection than the old checks. I think this is another reason why Nike Metcons are so damn popular because they give a lot of support for all forms of movement. I am not going to break down all types of training shoes because this episode would take me forever and a day, but I am going to go along with the same message and tell you that you need to find something that works for you. I personally throw in some arch supports into my shoes whenever I go through something that is like a CrossFit style wad. I use them all the time and it's because in my dancing days, I got my arches like very flexible and I never strengthened them. Now when I do things like double unders, I'm a sad little puppy dog when my arches do not have enough TLC. As with almost everything I mentioned, Do some research and find the shoe that works for you. Oh, and how can I forget? Last but not least, yoga. If you didn't guess barefoot, shame on you. (laughs) I kid, I kid. But in all honesty, even if your footsies are cold, kick them socks off if you are moving through any standing poses. Besides socks, shoes can potentially be harmful to your mat, and it is also a form of improper etiquette to the yoga Indian roots. If you thought you wanted to feel the floor when lifting, triple that when it comes to the practice of yoga, my friends. <laughs> now, I would love to say, and here is a dope discount code for some shoes, but, well, I'm not that cool, so there are no discount codes. But... That is all I have for you today. If you liked the talk around the footsie attire, give the show a five-star review, maybe even share this episode on the gram. 
subscribe to the show if you are looking for the talk on sleep because I promise that guy is coming soon. Until next time, my lovelies, thank you for listening. Namaste and slay boothang.